week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, alongside Jamie, Joe, and Dan. Hello! What up, Oos? How's it Indeed. going, my tribal chief? Well, it was going well, but it's a bit of a sombre moment, isn't it, today? Because, we, you know, we're recording on the Thursday, and we've had the, the news of the ill health of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, and it is not looking good, is it? So it's, yeah, a, it's brought everyone's mood bit. down slightly over here we, in the UK. Yeah, we've got the wrestling on anyway. You know me, I've always got the wrestling on while we record this podcast. I'm watching the last ever episode of NXT UK. So that'll brighten my mood up a little bit. I bet he wins the title. I bet he does. I think that Tyler Bate, he might win the belt. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I've stayed <laughs> I see how long he holds it for. <laughs> yeah, I think he might lose it to Bron Breaker. Three official His days. reign ended before it even started, literally. <laughs> Technically, well, yeah, he yeah, did. Because <laughs> um, it airs on the Thursday, and then he dropped it on the Sunday. Well, hang Spoiler on, no, it for anyone does this not mean he's the, U, he's the NXT UK champion? Because well, he he's won the title, yeah, but by broadcasting. When, when was this broadcasted? Thursday, and then... Uh, Oh, last Thursday. Live so worlds collide, yeah. Oh, fair this Power Man 5000 moment when worlds collide. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, mate, it's got to be done, you know. Do you know who they did the theme music for? Which famous tag team? Well, this is what it's like when worlds collide. Are you ready for it? They're Dudley boys. Yeah, Dudley's. Oh, was it? Well, I don't know. I've not watched the bloody thing. I only know two Power Man 5000 songs. One was the Dudley's. Yeah, we're coming down. Bam, bam, bam. What was it Sean Palmer's pro snowboarding or something like that? They did the song for that, like you, you used to like grind on the railings and stuff, and be playing in the background. Sean White or something. Sean, Sean Palmer. Sean I got Sean White. Tony <laughs> Tony Parker or whatever they're called. I don't Tony know. Hawk. It's, it's like creating a creating an A. Matt w, Hoffman's uh, wrestling name. Yeah. Cool hand, Matt Parker. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is happening? We well we did it, guys. We went to Wales. I mean Dan and Joe stayed at home in wales but me and jamie we made the long travel from the north of england down to wales that four five hour train journey we made it and we attended clash at the castle and guys it was a great weekend thanks for hosting us both by the way for uh, a couple of days very very kind of you and uh yeah, what a weekend. Uh, I think we speak for all of us when we, not just the event, but enjoyed everybody's company. And of course, it was the first time that Jamie had met yourselves um, mm. in the flesh. You know, been doing this podcast for nearly two years and been speaking a little bit longer than that. But yeah, met in the flesh. Jamie, your impressions of the Saunders brothers. It was very pleasurable. <laughs> oh, it certainly was. It certainly <laughs> was. No, we had a we had a great weekend though, didn't we, guys? Yeah, it was good. I, what I thought was really cool was um, we got to see other podcasts um, on the Friday. Mm. We got to see people recording an actual podcast, which was cool. We got to see the What Culture guys. But then on the Saturday and on the Friday, we got to see loads of people who actually listen to Grapplecast. I think we were walking. Um, were we walking to the kebab shop or walking somewhere? I think it was a kebab shop on the way back to the accommodation and somebody wound down the window and shouted grapple cast show with us um, did. shout out to luke as well who was on our quiz team good um, old luke who quiz. added the wife on instagram last night before me and <laughs> the wife came upstairs and went do you know who this is i said oh yeah it's luke he, uh, we met i met him on the weekend he's a grapple cast listener all oh, right, well, he's added me on Instagram. And I said, oh, he's probably just added me because he doesn't, he's added you because he doesn't know that I've got Instagram or something. And 
she went, oh, well, I've accepted him because I thought you'd known him. I went, yeah, that's fine. And then five minutes later, he adds me and I get a private message off him going, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought it was you. Aaron in English. <laughs> <laughs> so I was but like, yeah, we, oh, why, oh, we why? Met, yeah. um, We met Luke and Luke was on our, well, I've known Luke for years. I've known him from the old quizzing days in, in Warehouse 54 and, and the like and all of them lovely nightclubs and pubs in Newport um, but we met we met loads of different uh, fans of the show uh, there was uh, Paul Nathan Crystal uh, Laura Joe we met loads of yeah that was that's just scratching the surface of, of the listeners and we had nice chats with everybody um, and yeah we got to do a actual quiz as we do on the show uh, we did a quiz um, on the Friday and I found out because uh, I saw a clip there we were watching Best WWE entrances yesterday. We actually got one more wrong than we thought we did. Oh, did we? Which one did we get wrong? It wasn't a Miller Light truck. It was a Coors Light truck. Oh, that's all right. I could have told you that. that. I didn't say that. So, really, we should have got eight instead of nine. But I still think that they uh, fudged our scores and we should have been up there. Yeah, so I blame what culture. What culture, if you're listening, I'm sure they're not. But if you're listening... (laughs) We're not happy. We think that you didn't choose our quiz because we put our team namers at Grapplecast Show. So it was a rival show, a rival podcast. So they didn't pick on purpose. You'll be happy to know, Jamie, though, that all the answers to the questions that I gave, that I said this is the answer, were correct, believe it or not. Um, well, believe it or not, definitely. I don't believe that's why you're. Oh, it was me. true. It was true. There was a question about. Who was the last person to be eliminated from the APA barroom brawl match? And I said, I'm sure it's Brother Love. And I checked it afterwards and it was. There was See, Googling whilst you're there as well. Difficult Aaron. But we did we, we did have a good night at the What Culture QA and podcast on, on Friday, didn't we? And then yeah, not 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 a bad Saturday either. Up early for a nice cooked breakfast. That was good to start the day and then straight into Cardiff on the train. It's a back-breaking morning. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, it was. It was. Um, Man day, luckily, I, we all managed to stay on our feet, though. There was no collapsing on this end. No collapsing at all. <laughs> and um, we managed to meet up with the person who was on the first ever Grapplecast show. We did. Bradley. Friend Bradley slash enemy of the show, Bradley. You may remember him from the early days of the podcast. You may remember the traitor himself. Only joking. We did meet up with Brad's and um, yeah, we, we had a look around. Thousands of people around Cardiff. Great for the Welsh economy, great for the UK as a whole and great for the local businesses, no doubt. Um, plenty and plenty of money being spent on food and, and beers. We, of course, had a few beers, did we not, whilst we were there before the show? Ooh, yeah. Ooh. And we, uh, Tiny Rebel. Tiny where, where was that lovely pub we went to as well before and that we watched the football soccer in? It- yeah, we actually got shouted out during uh, Clash of the Castle, um, they, they, where Michael Cole said, "Yeah, I've been, I've been sampling the nice pubs and restaurants in the area. I went to the Pen and Wig, and I also went to the Glassworks. And then Glassworks, that that's where we went. And Glassworks was where they had Rangers, Celtic, and Liverpool, Everton. So what a couple beers be there. But yeah, we went to the pub as well. The pub was on the Friday, and we saw um, there was quite a lot of wrestling people there. And we were staying in Newport." Um, Friend of the show, of... Sam Nielsen, we'll give him a yep. shout out. We saw him in La Pub as well. Hello, Sam. We did. Good old catch up. People were coming up to us. So they, if you know wrestling fans, because we all wear wrestling t shirts. That's all we wear. And there was a guy. Do you like that wrestling? You oh, you go to you go to watch that wrestling Joe on the weekends. Well, Joe met somebody, didn't he? Joe, you met somebody. You did. Come on, Joe. Toy tell, shop, didn't you, Joe? Tell us your story, Joe. Who did you meet in the toy shop on Saturday? In the toy shop. <laughs> in the entertainer. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, in the Entertainment Cardiff, there was a chance to have your photo taken with the WWE title. Um, so I queued, I, I queued up to have my picture taken with it. And then I saw this tall gentleman there and I saw, that looks like James Dino. So before we listened to the show, I listened to a show called Gorilla Position. I listened to it every week. And then the guy stopped doing it. He's like, I'm not doing the, quiz any, the podcast anymore. And then hence, I said to these guys, oh, we should start doing it. So guys. I said to the guys, oh, I recognize him. That's James Dino who used to do Gorilla Position podcast. So I went up to him. I said, I recognize your face. I know you. You're James Dino from <laughs> Gorilla Position, aren't you? He said, yeah, I am. I said, oh, me and my friends do a wrestling podcast every week. Um, I listened to your show when you did it every week, and I really miss it now. It's not on. He said, oh, thank you very much. Uh, what's your name? I said, my name's Joe. And he said, well, nice to meet you. So he was a very nice chap. And I tweeted him as well to say he was not, nice to meet him. And he tweeted me back to say, nice to meet you too. So, yeah. Joe is nice a tra- new friend. He has James. He's replacing Kevin Clifton on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was, it, was a, it was an eventful, well, morning, afternoon leading up to it, wasn't it? I think, I like I say, I enjoyed the company and the time we all spent together as much, uh, well, I say as much, if not more than the actual show itself. But I think, you know, our experiences then and we'll we'll go into our predictions and results as well as part of the prediction league i think you know we saw the thousands and thousands of people all started oh, to all queue the shop weren't they oh, that one shop that was ours i don't know which queue was young longer the queue to get into that shop or the queue to get back to newport well as i said <laughs> to you guys i was gonna get the a t-shirt the day before because i was in cardiff on the friday afternoon i thought oh i'll go into the st david center which is the shopping center in cardiff We've got a shop set up there a pop-up shop i'll go and buy a t-shirt the queue to get in was an hour and a half to get into the shop so it was like no chance and then of course i bought the t-shirt on saturday now 35 pounds for a t-shirt and i had to end up getting one that wasn't the one i wanted because they'd run out of the other ones it'll be a five in next month yeah. Oh, well, this is the thing. I mean, thirty-five pounds. So what's that? That's that's. It could four, be worse. You could just put it dollars, in isn't it? <laughs> well, yes. Oh, please don't. Poor oh, Joe. No. Poor Joe buys his t-shirt, puts it in his back pocket instead of putting it on. Then realizes ten minutes later he's dropped out of his pocket. It's in the middle of Cardiff somewhere. Someone's had it. A free t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. If anyone t-shirt. on Twitter's put, I've got a free t-shirt. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> that's what it was the only thing that was a little bit um not good i found about the whole weekend was that saint david shop because like you said you went there on the friday they saw us having half weight we turned up didn't we and we got in the queue and they they were doing everything they could to keep us from going in the wwe shop not got the they sizes said, it's not got the sizes an hour away yeah and we like are you for real like we're literally there's 10 people in front of us. yes an hour wait oh, okay oh lads just so you're aware they've already got mediums and literally we just looked Slightly a left, slightly a right, and we go, hang on, I can see tons of t-shirts. Well, we wanted to go in anyway, didn't we? Because they had the Bret Hart leather jacket from SummerSlam 92 on display, and they had the Bulldogs tights and um, flag from 92 as well, so we wanted to go in and just have a look. Really nice shop as well, I thought. They had titles on for sale, loads of different t-shirts. But, like, I'm wearing this t-shirt now. This is the Tyson Fury t-shirt. I bought it on, I know the viewers can't see it at home, but I'll show it to you guys anyway. It cost me £6 on WWE Shop. When he went to the Saudi event, right? How much was the T-shirt in that wrestling shop? Forty-five pounds. For real, you're gonna sold it. Progress and ICW are on in Cardiff this weekend. I could have bought tickets for both events 
over one t-shirt in that shop. That's how absolutely bonkers this. And like Jamie said, I'm keeping an eye on WWE shop. I'm refreshing it every day. The minute they go down to a 10, I'll get my t-shirt then. It'll be yeah, Christmas. no, I agree. And how long oh, did it take Friday. to get in that shop? It wasn't an hour we were in within 10, 10 minutes. minutes, if that. Yeah. 10 minutes Black Friday. Get your what, Clash in the City t-shirt. <laughs> Those people, <laughs> like the tickets help people selling t-shirts afterwards. I said, Clash, uh, Clash in the City. Just £10, he said. Yeah, I'll give you a tenner to get away from me. Dear God. <laughs> get um, your but get we saw, obviously, t-shirts. the thousands of people queuing up to get in the stadium, and we were just finishing our drinks outside Tiny Rebel Pub, weren't we? And I thought, oh, God, here we go. But then the queue really went down quick, and then because we were sat in a different area to you two, weren't we, me and Jamie, we said... Still saw you in the stadium, though. We you spotted did. you. Well, we that queue went straight down. Room. That queue went straight down, and we said, yeah, let's go. And we were in the stadium in three minutes. Um, three minute warning, mate. Three minute warning. Three minute warning. Wait a minute. Did, did I, I just hear myself say <laughs> three minutes? But, yeah, the... You know, you go... We, we know it's... No, it's, it's, it's a stadium anyway. You guys, Dan and Joe, will be more used to it than me and Jamie. I've only been in it once or twice before. But, you know, you walk in, the atmosphere is starting to build. People are starting to take the seats. You know, the excitement starting to build. You know, the, the atmosphere just as a whole was, was great. So there was a great build-up to it. And, of course, for the first time in months, and they announced it during the pre-show, there was a pre-show match just to get the crowd uh, the crowd. Oh, we didn't know. Unless well, we you're looking know. online, they didn't announce it. It went, oh, there's a match. Exactly. So, Dan, what did you think of the, the pre-show match? Good way to get everybody started for the event. Yeah, I'm glad they did it because I, you looked at the autograph signings that were on during the weekend and you could see my cat Moss was in an autograph signing. You could see that the Street Profits who were doing loads of media appearances. I didn't know the Alpha Academy were there, um, but they had loads of people there. And we knew that Theory probably was going to be there because of the rumour cashing. So you've got those talent backstage. There's a stadium of 62,000 people in attendance. It makes sense for them to have a six man and it gets the crowd all warm up. You know, shoosh, please. You know, and you've got um, Austin Theory as well getting warmed up. I actually enjoyed it. There was a lot of um, good spots. There was a couple of botches here and there, but you're always going to have that in a unknown territory. But, yeah, it warmed up the crowd really well. Got everybody singing, um, as they always do. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was a good barn burner. It was a good opener to start the show with. You know what my complaint is going to be, though? I said, this is what I kept saying all the way through. <laughs> Where's the pyro? <laughs> Where's the pyro? The first UK stadium event in 30 years and no pyro. I was very disappointed. And I turned around. There was a guy sat next to us. There was a guy in front of us. I said to both my man, you, Jamie, I said, this doesn't give me confidence for the winner of the main event. Because if there ain't any pyro, how are they going to do a big celebration? But... We'll get on to that anyway. So yeah, I can't see any confetti bombs I up can't, there. I couldn't. I just couldn't <laughs> see it, no. So, started off the show. And before we get into our predictions and our review of each match on the show, I said this to Jay. In fact, I think I said this to all of you. But I feel I should have an extra bonus five points. Because every single match when we were there... <laughs> I predicted the order. I said, this match will be next, this match will be next, this match. I knew it. I got it all right in a row. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyrone has been bottom of the prediction league for the past two years. Anything. He does anything. And he still will. He'll still be bottom. Oh, believe me. You just wait. I mean, regardless, anyway, I'm still two pay-per-views ahead of you. I'm sure (laughs) you are. Right, so let's jump into it then. Can we just quickly say as well, Kevin Owens on Raw, by the way, he goes... 
Austin Theory. I can call you Austin now. Now you found your first name. <laughs> hey, Tommaso <laughs> Champa's got his name back as well. The, the names are coming name. back, everyone. Who would have thought it would be celebrating I can't the fact that people are called by their names? Elias Ezekiel himself. Samson. <laughs> we will see. So Elias the, Ezekiel Samson. <laughs> the event correctly predicted by me kicked off with the uh, six, <laughs> six women. You got it wrong. <laughs> no, they, but, uh, as, as far as what match would start the show. Um, unfortunately, see, ladies and gentlemen, he's clutching at straws already. So we had Bianca Bella, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and um, Evo Sky. And yes, we the, the champion lost Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka were successful. Joe, what were your thoughts on the match and, and as a whole on the opening to the show? It was a very good opener, as I said on the predictions last week. Um, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eo Shirai, and Eo Sky needed needed the win. They're now called Damage Control. You know, they needed the win. They're a new faction. You know, Bianca Bella, Asuka, and, you know, they they just kind of just been, like, put together. They're, like, not really cohesive unit. They just kind of, this kind of, like, felt really put together on last minute. So I I believe I did predict this uh, win. Um, but God, they were out for Bailey. Like they would stop singing. Hey, Bailey. Like, she hey, hey, Bailey. Ooh, ah, I, I wanna go. Oh, if you be my girl. Well, there you yeah. go. You don't need to watch the event. There it is. I will say the crowd, <laughs> not only for this match, we we were hot for the whole of everywhere. And I saw so many comments afterwards, not just from uh, British people, but from Americans and all the way around the world saying, you know, how great the crowd was. There were some people online saying this is why some American people saying this is why the UK needs WrestleMania because of the crowds. But that's another story for another yeah. day. In April. Yeah, definitely. It's it down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dan, your thoughts then? Yeah, you know, Damage Control, they're an established trios. Um, you know, they've been put together and they've been um, cutting promos and working together for the past month. Yeah, on podcasts and interviews, they've been saying that they've been working on moves for their matches and it's a cohesive unit. You know, you can, for a lot of the matches with the other team, Bianca Belair was pretty much hanging on the apron, not doing much. She took a horrible bump into the side railings, which took her out of the match for the majority of it. But like the way they did it, though, one of them hit the moonsault on the top rope when the other one then took the pin. You know, Bailey going for the singles and you've got the other two ladies going for the tag, hopefully. And they're going to be like the toxic attraction of Raw, almost, um, going for all the gold. Um, it was a good to open up the show. I know we say it's always good to have the face team, um, you know, baby face team get the win to start and open the show and get everybody on their feet. But the thing is, the Cardiff crowd was so buzzing. It didn't really matter who won and who lost. And that was the theme throughout the entire show. The crowd were absolutely loving everything. And it makes sense. And it's building on that. You're seeing that on Raw. They're carrying on building the storyline. You've got Bianca Belair going, well, you didn't really beat me, did you? And it's uh, going more towards hopefully a uh, one-on-one match at Extreme Rules now. Uh, you know, it builds on, it moves on, but I'm happy with the result. And I think it really got the fans going, um, got them out of their feet and got them chanting. Uh, all in all, good opening match. Wonderful. And, um, well, I say I'm happy to say I was the only one that got this one wrong. So Jamie Delanjo all get a point <laughs> for this one. However, don't you worry, because there's going to be a recurring theme there is after this. 
um, yeah. that involves me and the predictions. What was Three the second match? Well, Go on. I was going to say Bianca Belair as well. Obviously, first time she's been pinned since November 2021. Yeah. There's your fun fact of the podcast. It, it yeah, sets, it, as Dan said, it sets it up quite well moving forward. Gunther and Sheamus Intercontinental Championship is next, I believe. Is that right? Well, you predicted yeah. the order of the paper. I did at the time. Yeah. I'd had a few drinks. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the secret. Maybe everyone for doing the predictions had eaten down a few pints beforehand and, uh, and go from there. Um, Jamie, do you want to start us with this then? So we have the return of Imperium, and we, had, of course, had a big pop of Sheamus as well. Yeah. I mean, that guy came in his little fancy underwear, didn't he? He was all like, I'm here, guys, that don't you guy. worry. Imperium is back. Do you mean that wolf man. Vinci? Yeah, that wolf man was there. The fact that they're still using wolf. his new name, though. Alexander Wolf's not the yeah. company. It's Giovanni Vinci. Mm. The yeah. former Fabian Eichner. That's the one. But no, it was a, a really good match. Obviously, it's what Gunter is kind of doing in the company, what he did in NXT for two years. And it's what I said on the podcast as well. It's like, it would be great to see Sheamus get that recognition of becoming Grand Slam. Uh, which I assume he probably will at some point because of everything that he's done for the company. Uh, but Gunter can hold that title for two years. I'm pretty sure nobody would complain about it. Just beat people up. That's what he does. He's got Imperium back in his side now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, solid match. You could see the the internal bleeding coming he, from Shane. He was purple. He was a purple man. But that's what we were expecting, wasn't it? We were expecting you know, for them to both go at it. To, for it to Beating be, up know, like a government mule. Well, this, that's <laughs> what we like, because, you know, it, it looks real. And, you know, there was it was real to an extent. You know, you don't, you can't fake the type of bruises and marks that are on Jameson's body. But I think it was what we were all expecting. And that's not not a bad thing. Um, Mel, I don't think Meltz has given his um, scores yet, has he? But I assume this will be up there for the... I've got a not, question for you, all of you, though. So we all it. know it. We all know it was match of the night. But would you say this is WWE's match of the year so far? I'd have I think to this go match back and would... watch it. Yeah, probably same with Taron there. But if you're looking at WWE matches, this one, and possibly, I'd say Drew and Roman just because the storytelling behind it all as well would be the closest since 2012 of getting a five star. I'm the same with you, with Drew and Roman, which we'll get onto. But again, another reason why I need to go back and watch it is because match of the, you know, match of the, regardless of whether it's match of the night or not, match of the year is another question. Going back and watching it from a wrestling and performance standpoint, it probably was a better match wrestling-wise, the Gunther and Sheamus match. But you almost feel like the main event was on par, but that's probably just because of how involved the crowd was behind, mm-hmm. you know, Drew and the atmosphere. So you kind of need to take a step back from, you know, a non-biased point of view, a non-British point of view, and just, you know, scrutinise it from a wrestling point of view. Then probably Sheamus and um, uh, Gunther, match-wise, probably, you know, was was match of the night. Um, again, the surprise match of the weekend. Go on. Um. I can't remember his name now. The Ricochet match. That was good. Uh, Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes, that's it. You I actually watched that. Really enjoyed that. 
It was a good match. He Solid watched match. it on his build-up to AEW, he did. I did. I stayed up and watched it. I think we were all as far as our predictions, though. We um, Did we, we all said go for Gunther? Gunther? I think we did, yeah. So, like, like you said, Dan, Sheamus, or, or Jamie said it, sorry, uh, Sheamus will get there eventually. I've got no doubt about it. No, Joe went for Sheamus. I've just seen oh, it now. Joe Lord. doesn't Ooh. get a point. Oh, I, dear. So I recognised his face for that one. Certainly did. But, Joe, you can lead us into um, whatever was next. Edge and Rick. Oh, right, nope. yes, you can definitely. <laughs> it was, it? was it not the Edge match next, or was it Liv nope. Morgan? It was the one that everyone went to the toilet break for. It was Liv and Shayna. Come on, then, give us your breakdown on Liv and Shayna. The evil is mine. As <laughs> um, said, like, everyone, everyone was so, like, exhausted for, like, chatting for Bailey, and, like, the, the Gunter and Sheamus match was so hard-hitting, like, I think everyone had like, as Dad said, like lost, like lost a bit of energy. Like the crowd was dead um, in the arena. I don't know where, what it was like where you guys were, but it just seemed like nobody was really like taking much notice of what was going on in the ring during this match, and there was no. Like, I was. It sounded no... better on TV, as in make, I, they weren't pumping in crowd noise because they didn't need to for us. But it sounded louder on TV than it did in the arena. I agree with you. In the arena, it did sound a bit. Mm. Yeah, and I I expected you know uh, Shayna Baszler to be like I don't know more hard hitting, like putting on more like holds and stuff, like being more I don't know vicious maybe. And then Liv just by like winning by like a quick roll up. I was just like, oh, okay, well. I kind of expect that with Liv Morgan because that's how she's been winning the past couple of times, like quick roll-up or quick pin or whatever. But I expect Shayna Baszler to be more vicious because I know Triple H is a massive Shayna Baszler fan. You know, her on NXT, she's the most dominant women's champion ever. I, I would have thought he would flip the switch on Shayna Baszler. But yeah, it's, I find it strange that he hasn't done that. Joe, because you were the only one that picked Shayna Baszler to win. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, because she's oh a triple H person. Lord. He's having a mare. He's having a mare, isn't he? But no, I, 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 I do agree with you in, in that aspect, even though I went with with Morgan. And I don't... I mean, what other way could they have done it, really, apart from the roll-up type thing that they did? But I'm starting to get a bit bored she of the way that clean she's winning. She, she pinned her clean. That's what I'm, it uh, wasn't a roll-up. She she uh, pinned her properly. Oh, it was a proper win. Remember. Well, there you go. It goes to show how you much I was paying attention. No, I know. She had like a... Um, like a she did her move, like... Paid I was so more... Yeah. Off the ropes. And then she more, pinned her in the middle of the ring. Yeah, because I was like, what? She just won clean, like... Properly. Well, there was no, there was no Ronda. I was disappointed. I was waiting for that music to hit, and it just because you didn't have your t-shirt. That's uh, yeah, that's the main reason. It's your fault. She's I suspended. wouldn't have worn it anyway. I'd have been wearing my thirty-five pound clash at the castle, clash in the city t-shirt instead. Um, I almost feel bad for saying that I, you know, we have no interest in the match because we didn't do, and nobody really I did. did in the arena. <laughs> no, you didn't. Know. You oh yeah. Didn't yeah, I suppose there's nothing more to say about it. I mean, Ronda's back now as far as SmackDown out of her suspension. Um, she doesn't really need a title, Ronda, but I assume she will win it back. But we'll see how long it's champion for again. But it's certainly far from the worst match or the worst win match I've seen. And I think it's difficult it, to but... follow. Uh, you always have, you know, when they always say after The Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania 18, 
then when Triple H and Chris Jericho had to try and follow it, the crowd were deflated. We weren't all deflated, but it's hard to follow Seamus Gunther, all of us giving a standing ovation, everybody getting behind it that match. It is the case where you do need to go to the low. You do need to get a really nice pint of brains essay gold from the bar. You know, there's points where you do need a to... A tenner a pint. And make, well, near enough in that stadium. But yeah... um there's some points where you do need to recharge and it was a good, you know, it was a decent match. There wasn't many slip ups or anything. There was the reversals from the Kia Fuda clutch. She pinned her clean and now she's starting to establish herself in her legacy and build her up. You know, she's beaten one of the four horsewomen. Um, but it is one of these matches. They needed one of those ones then re-energize the crowd. Um, and it is the case where it's hard to follow a Seamus Gunther match. And that was the best match to follow it. And then coming on to the next match, that's the match that picked us all back up, especially with the entrance of one of them. That's what's going to re-energise all of us. Yeah, I do love Rey Mysterio's theme. Booyaka, booyaka. Who's well, that jumping meme? out the sky? R-E-Y Mysterio, here what was we the go. What was the meme that I saw online? It was like when, his, when your son is a worse job than Ted DiBiase Jr. And then it showed a picture of Rey Mysterio crying and it said, sad booyaka tears. <laughs> so I can't remember. Do you want to lead us into that match though, Dan? I think that was next the the tag match between Ray and Edge versus yep. the Judgment Day. And, and another reason why minus five points because it happened. <laughs> well, it did happen, and we'll get on to that. But the reason I'm asking Dan to lead us into that as well is because me and Dan were the only ones of the four of us to predict the Edge and Mysterio win. Bloody Joe and Joe, another man for Joe. That's three in a row Ooh. wrong. Ooh. Um, what are you doing? Why are you even here? Oh, so yeah. Um, yeah, so just, just a point for me and Dan on that one. So, yeah, Dan, your thoughts on this match, which I thought was thoroughly entertaining. I was well, sports entertained. On this day, I see clearly everything has come to light. You know, that, oh, really, famous me- that really famous Metallica song. What a stupid man that boy is. He did get a good good pop, though, didn't he? But we had Ray come up to the Booyaka Booyaka. Everyone was like, wee, wee, Mysterio, nice mask, happy days. Edge comes out, everyone's singing Metalingus. I think even Alterbridge shared it on their Facebook page. You know, how amazing is this? 60, 70,000 people singing along to one of our famous songs. That got the crowd going. Like, literally, I didn't realise everybody in the stadium was singing it, but I was singing it from my seat. I was on the bottom floor and I could hear you know I could hear people seeing it but it wasn't until we watched it back when we got back to the flat afterwards like realizing how loud it was then we had the judgment day coming out looking all emo um all in all decent match I'm glad there was a clear winner and there wasn't interjection in it but all the way through we kind of see Dominic looked a little bit t- torn on the outside he wasn't really slapping the apron and going come on dad you can do it win for the Mysterio family yay he wasn't really giving it any of that and then at the end you know, Edge is like, hey, yeah, we did it. And he kicks him square in the nuts and he clotheslines him his dad. And then that meme that I've seen so many times in the Judgment Day pissing themselves laughing, that's going to be used for years. Absolutely brill. He storms off. And now Rhea Ripley's turned him into a man. She's his puppy. <laughs> I made him a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. I think great result. Got the crowd back going. It's a decent match. You know, and the right result, the former tag team champions win. But no one's talking about the win. Everyone's talking about Dominic turning on his stepdad. Oh, I, I am glad. I, you know, I will fully admit, like I said last Minus week, I just points. didn't think it had happened because <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought they'd have done it by now. And that's why it was, 
whilst for me it was more of a shock, I know there was a big reaction in the crowd, even though I think people were expecting it. It was a shock for me, and I did pop for it, as did everyone anyway. Um, I, I, the follow up on Raw though was a bit meh, but it was, it, was your good. Puppy. it was good to be there. It was, it was good to be there. Who's your puppy? Um, so as I said, yeah, we're thoroughly, thoroughly sports and sense. Did you hear? Make sense to me though, why you would let them win to then do it? Because if he was going to turn anyway, why anyway? That's, that was my yeah. argument, which is why I went for Judgment Day. It was literally my argument saying Dominic's turning and Judgment Day are winning. It happened. Yeah. They won. They won in the long run. They won was, the war, but they lost the game. There was a good spot though, wasn't there, where um, Rhea Ripley picked up Dominic. And then she proper like whacked the back of herself on that barrier. Yeah, when Ray jumped out. Yeah. And, like not that looked out. quite nasty. I think we but, saw um, it. I was like, ooh. Did you all hear on Raw the chant of Eddie's son? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's starting to look like him now as well. And people are comparing like Eddie and. Did I actually have the same jeans, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, you know, they, they're doing their whole. Well, I know it's a storyline. I know that, you know, not going to be a complete mark. But then they're doing their comparisons to China and Eddie from back in the nineties. You know, and they're saying it's very similar vibes. It's like I want some of that Latino heat. Could you imagine if it comes out with a Latino heat T-shirt? That would be epic. But they've all got new Judgment Day T-shirts. They're all coming yeah, out. They got the yeah. wings on the back, and it says "Oh, Judgment Day." No, oh, I thought you were going to say it's unforgiven now. Well, you know, it's going throughout all the pay-per-views. And here they come, the new faction, Halloween Havoc. Followed by Armageddon. (laughs) Right then, uh, our penultimate match of the evening, in which three out of four of us successfully predicted, unfortunately for Dan, who went for Riddle, it was... Bro. We have Seth Rollins successfully defeat uh, Riddle in. Where are you, bro? Yeah, in a you? in a decent solid match, Joe. <laughs> I'm gonna bleep you up, man. I'm gonna bleep yeah. you, bleep, bleep, bleep you. <laughs> it, was, it was epic, and like everyone was sick of the Seth Rollins song. But I got a I got a comment on Seth Rollins' outfit. He didn't like Elton John. Yeah, but I Joe, think he was. Whoa, whoa. You know Seth Rollins' costume was a tribute to Elton John, just like Liv Morgan's <laughs> <laughs> was a tribute to Sensational Sherry from SummerSlam 92. What is you love a good Google. It's true. No, it is true. I'm sure it was. But yeah, you enjoyed the match, Joe? Yeah, um, this was like my second favourite match. You know, there was good storyline going to it. The best storylines are based on reality. You know, we know Riddle and Seth don't really like each other in real life. That just added an extra element to the, the match. Um, you know, there was some extra, you know, viciousness going into it. And um, But I'm glad Seth won because he's lost so many different times to so many different people. And, you know, Riddle's so over with the crowd, like, he's so popular... I don't think he'll actually hate in this loss. Um, he'll probably have a rematch at some point, but everyone was singing Seth Rollins' song again. It's so so much crowd participation in so loud. Yeah, really good match. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The fact that it was a solid match, I, I did enjoy it as well. I think the right person won, and that's not just because I 
pick them as well. It made sense for Rollins. He needed a pay-per-view win after all the losses to Cody. He needs to get a bit of momentum back. Um, and, you know, the, the promos that were on Raw, um, and they replayed them in the arena as well, and they still got a good reaction, the way that Riddle was cussing out um, Rollins and, and the back and the forth. I one certainly one of the better book storylines in recent weeks on on TV and you know the accumulation of the match that they had. But I agree with you, Joe. I, I don't think it's the last of them. There'll be some sort of extreme rules um, match, or there'll be some sort of extreme match between them at Extreme Rules aptly named. There'll be some sort of stipulation. So I'm sure that's not the last that we see of them. But yeah, Dan, you were uh, you you were fun of the match as well. It came across well front of the live audience, didn't it? Yeah, it was decent. And like Joe said, there was good build to it. Um, I think the result makes sense just to build Seth Rollins back up. He has another pay-per-view win and God knows how long or premium live event win. And like you said as well, it leads on to extreme rules. It looks like they're going to have another match. You know, Seth basically saying, I want to move on to bigger and better things. But Riddle's saying that he, he has unfinished business. Um, they'll have a good slobber knocker at uh, the October 8th Extreme Rules pay-per-view. But yeah, it was decent, exactly what we wanted on the card. And I think it went for the right amount of time, you know, and the crowd singing Seth Rollins' theme all the way through it, all the way to the end. It feeds into Seth's character because he's an egomaniac. So everything all works really well. Um, you know, I think Joe said it was the second best match of the night, but I, I would say third. I, I think the main event would be my second best. But yeah, it's decent. And it is one night, if you ask me the name in two years' time, oh, what, what matches were on it on the... Cardiff pay-per-view, I could, tell, I could remember that match and remember what happened on it, I remember how the crowd were with it, and if they, if I can remember all of that, then it must be pretty decent. Well, speaking of the main event then, we had Roman Reigns in the UK defending the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship against, depending where you live in the UK, depending what the commentators have seen, hometown boy himself from Scotland, even though we're in Wales. The UK Drew McIntyre. Guys, what a pop. Broken dreams as well to kick things off. Yeah. The crowd singing very much like they did with Edge. They were singing it as well. Um, and then, you know, great reaction in a different way for Roman Reigns as well. Slightly disappointed not to see the Usos and Paul Heyman there. But of course, they're going off what happened the week before on SmackDown or, you know, pre-recorded the night before on SmackDown with everybody getting battered and, and Heyman still being injured from the from SummerSlam as well. No, nothing at all. I'm sure not. No, um, but yeah, we alluded to it earlier. Very, very solid match. Certainly, for me, the second best match of the night after the Intercontinental Championship mm-hmm. match. Happy to announce as well that only two of us correctly predicted this match with Jamie. And Joe both going for true McIntyre. I mean, <laughs> and Jamie even used his cashing he did for his theory cashing saying it would He did come down, He did come down so that I get no, the point no, for that. There was no <laughs> cashing, and he's used his he's used his cashing. Mm-hmm. He's used his Trump, his Donald Trump card. Um, yeah. So Jamie, do you want to do you want to talk us through the match, and then of course that failed cashing and the involvement that we had. Yeah, I think similar to what you said before, this was definitely one of the best matches on the card just for the involvement with it being in the UK and all the fan involvement and actually thinking this is the moment it's going to happen. Like There were so many times throughout the, the match you were like, Drew McIntyre's actually won this. You were stood 
on your feet like get up get up jamie it's happening he's gonna win even you thought it was gonna win i was getting involved i was getting towards the end i really was getting involved yeah Yeah. whether obviously it would be translated across screen if we were sat at home probably not but being in there in that atmosphere being in his hometown of cardiff wales like you had those moments <laughs> there of just like it's actually happening and you thought it was going to happen that's why they were saving all the pyro ready for that moment um and yeah it was a really good match great storytelling throughout something that WWE definitely lacked in the past few years but it was a really really good match that I enjoyed if I had to go back and re-watch it it's one of those that I probably won't just because it would tarnish the actual moment of actually watching it live like i don't think i'd want to watch it on tv because i've had that moment of watching it live in person if that makes sense um but no i really enjoyed it and then theory came down everyone losing their minds now i did pop for that i actually you know i jumped up out of it i said it i said it on this other train on the train ride home from cardiff it's just a bit of the music, I was like, oh, God, Jamie's going to love this. <laughs> He's going to clip But then I was, like, watching the match, and obviously you can see everything unfolding. I was like, well, obviously Roman Reigns is winning this. And it was like, what is the point of Titan Fury being there? There was literally no point for him being there. And then, obviously, he had that moment of punching. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think they could have done it better either. That was a really, yeah. really great spot. And we can't, of course, forget that Carrying Cross and Scarlet were there as well. They threw that what, just water, threw water and that was it. That was literally, <laughs> what was the point in that? Well, it was more stupid than on Monday Night Raw when Theory's like, uh, uh, my jaw hurts and he's got memory loss and keeps messing know, up yeah. his words. Because he's hurt his jaw. He's messing up his words. But, um, yeah. I think... There was a lot of people online after saying, oh, how disappointed must the British crowd have been, you know, to call myself. And I'm sure there were people disappointed there, but I didn't, in a way, I mean, first of all, I didn't, even though I was invested right exact, I thought, oh, this could happen. I never really thought he was going to drop the title reigns. But at the same time, because the event, certainly to a live audience, did come across very good, and I enjoyed myself, and like I said, I'd enjoyed the day with all of you guys as well. I was kind of just happy anyway, so I didn't, I I genuinely didn't come out of the event disappointed, like I said, I'm sure Mm -hmm. people did, but I came out of it just thinking, no, I've, I've I've had a good evening, and I was actually, for the first time in, I'm not even going to lie, probably a year or two, looking forward to watching Raw, what they're going to do with Dominic will Drew and Reigns be on Raw or will they wait till SmackDown, which obviously they are type thing. So it made me want to tune into Raw, which I, I did as well. I did watch it the, the next morning, Tuesday morning. Um, yeah, no, very, very solid. And, and of course, we got the sing-song Dan at the end with Tyson Fury, alluding, alluding to, of course, when he, what he sings after his boxing matches. And then we got that absolute total arsehole <laughs> as well. <laughs> It was it was slightly funny to start with, but the guy with the crystal ball top. But when you take a step back, it's actually <laughs> not funny at all, really, is it? Um, so what an arse. So I hope he gets he's, he's ridiculed for that. But yeah, marks out of ten. Then everybody will start with Dan for you know you can give more than one mark if you want to look at it from the fact that we were there or if we were watching it at home on TV. But what what did you think? 
Well, I know we discussed this on the walk back, yeah. but I'm, I think I'm a bit higher than the both of you. Cardiff, acknowledge me. I'm going with an 8 out of 10. Joe? Yeah, 8 out of 10. I just want to reiterate like, how loud it was. Like, I know on TV you could hear how loud it was, but in the arena, like when the, everyone was singing along, it was so loud. I just... I I think just for the pure like live experience because I was there, I'm going out ten. Jamie, yeah yeah very similar because the live experience having it in the UK thirty years, just enjoying the experience of being there. No British wrestlers won unfortunately, so you know fans. No, no titles changes. changed hand, so you know it's a seven. If I watched it online, probably a six. I'm kind of in the middle of all of you. I I, I was going with a, a seven if I was watching it at home. Um, but because of the atmosphere, 7.5, maybe even stretching to an eight, to be fair, because I was there and I enjoyed it. But like I say, the, for me, the weekend as a whole with everybody was, was just as important, just as good. Yeah, um, that could and have I, had, I, I had a nine out of ten. You had a kebab on the way or something. Yeah, but I had a Taco Bell for the first time the night before. That 10 out of 10, that was 10 out of 10. It, and we nice dropped the uh, quiz machine as well in the pub. Yeah. And we did, yeah, pointless. We were playing pointless in La Pub as well. See, it was a, it was a quality quality weekend all around. And looking um, at the predictions as well for the pay-per-views, I'm happy to say that it currently stands on the following. Jamie Hello, still leads the way on 53 points. In second place with 44, it's Dan in third place with 43, it's me and Joe with 42. So there's only a point only in one. it for us three, and there's nine points ahead with Jamie. So there's still all to play for. With all to play for. There's still all to play for with about three events left of the year, I think. So well, we got more than that. We've all got to play for for session. We got Extreme, Extreme Rules, Survivor Series, Survivor Series. Then you got the Saudi event on the Crown Jewel Jack. That's the last then one. Then you got though, day one. No, day, day one's one. January. That's next yeah. year. So there's only three because they got rid of the table, ladders, and chairs. And yeah, but they, got the they got the Saudi show as well, didn't they? Yeah, so three. Yeah, so, so three in total. So all oh. to play for. Right then. All right. We're going to have to have a quick look then, Jamie, what happened. Well, what happened on Sunday? What happened? I think it's mainly what happened after. <laughs> and what happened after as well. So, as always, with all of our AEW coverage, we'd like you to take the lead. Give us your thoughts on AEW. We'll have a quick chat as well, of course, about the uh, main points of the show. Then our thoughts about the fallout afterwards. Well, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. It is Grapplecast AEW Corner time. How are you doing? You okay? <laughs> um, the special segment of the show just for you. The special segment. Yes, well, like you said, we ha- we did have the Clash in the City on the Saturday. We had on that Sunday that NXT World Collide. And then we also had the main event of the evening to finish it all off on the Sunday. You know, after you've wet your little appetite with that Tim Pot NXT, you had All Elite Wrestling presenting the their main show, shall we say, of Yeah, it's their main show. It's their WrestleMania really, isn't it? All out. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean the only thing that I've always said about AEW, and every time I talk about a pay-per-view, I'll always say the same thing straight away. It's bloody too damn long. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah, three kickoff time, matches on the buy-in, and then obviously it was a five out it finished at around five AM. 
about four hours. Obviously, they had quite a few matches on there. I think there was about 15 in total, if you include the zero hour free matches as well. So 12 on the main card. But the only thing that I will say going into it, possibly it was a little bit rushed. And obviously, the, the CM Punk and the, the John Moxley match was randomly thrown together again a week beforehand. But you had those other moments with the long storytelling on there with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy, which I was really looking forward to. Then it just turned out to be a massive squash match where Luchasaurus turned on him, you know. Right, he's... no, we need to talk about that go. quickly. We need to talk about that quickly because I watched it the day after. I watched it on Monday morning, the, the event, and, and I did enjoy it. I thought it was very good. I'm happy. I am happy that Luchasaurus is here. I said that from the beginning, but I will say it again. The way they have booked that has just been absolutely no. Because dog Christian shy. Cage is in that dinosaur brain of his. Uh, I did, did, He's got it. No, they should never have gone back to it again. Now he should have just turned and carried it on to start with. But I, I thought that was quite clever though, the way that they decided to just squash Jungle Boy and have Christian Cage win. I think that further develops it, and that's you know Jungle Boy is eventually going to get his win back, and it'll be a yeah, it'll be a full gear. Most of course, of course it will, and that'll be the big thing. So. I wasn't against the fact that Christian Cage won and squashed Jungle Boy because it doesn't hurt him. It just further develops the story yeah, and his character. Want, you want that rivalry to continue because it is one of the, the best rivalries at the moment. Jungle Boy AEW. Jack Perry, as they are now finally referring him to fully. Yes, he will. God rest his soul, Mr. Luke Perry. What an actor he God was. God rest Jungle Boy's soul after, <laughs> after Sunday. My dear Lord. It was a massive... Do you see, like, the gratings on his back, though? I know, yeah. From that scoop slam onto the bloody grate, yeah. it proper left the bruised marks, didn't it? He could yeah. have internal, internal injuries. It is true. He possibly could have. But, um, no, I mean, the acclaimed match was really, really good. So good that, obviously, they thought the moment was going to happen that we actually were going to win, but swerving our glory kept the titles but they have announced at the grand slam event in two weeks that they will be having the rematch and possibly i think that's the moment that they're going to go over the acclaimed me, daddy ass listen I, mean, I was looking forward to that rap last night because i stayed up and watched dynamite last night um and then he came out to rap and then he got cut off by Swerve Strickland, so he didn't get a chance to rap about everything that's been going on backstage. But, um, yeah, I mean, just quickly going off some of Jericho and Danielson, a great match. Uh, obviously, they will have a rematch next week on Dynamite to go to the finals of the AEW World Interim Championships. It's not interim town, don't you worry. But, um, yeah, that was a really solid match. Uh, another personal favourite, really enjoyed the uh, the sixth man with Young Bucks. That was a really good match. And obviously the main event was uh, interesting to say least. But that bloody mask, it was like he was there to unveil those magician secrets. I I mean, we all <laughs> we all knew when I, when I was watching it, like I said, I stayed spoiler free. I, I like how they did it, although William Morrissey forgot to take his mask off. He had to have a shawl and go, oh, yeah, I'll take my mask <laughs> off at the end. Um, it was it was still interesting because I was trying to look at the mannerisms when he was walking. I was like, it's the shape of MJF, but he's not walking like MJF. But I thought, well, it will be. He's obviously purposely not doing that. And then, of course, Cameron, the... I've got a question for you. Have you got sympathy for the devil? 
Um, Please allow me to introduce my... How much did they spend to get that? I know, yeah, yeah. But but that's I mean, why it, it was it was everybody. bloody beautiful. Was though. They had to roll some stones to get that song. <laughs> the the reveal at the end I thought was good. We all expected. I just so I just love well. that Tony Khan bit as well. Just please turn up. I'll give you all the money. <laughs> I won't even extend your contract. Just please turn up, he says. But then, like you said, Jamie, the uh, the thing that that's bigger than the actual event itself was what happened afterwards um you know full shoot nothing storylined here there was the big you know outburst if you would have cm punk itself uh, himself after the event calling out hangman page calling out the evps which he was obviously referring to omega and the young books um you know mentions of cult cabana as well just yeah, opening his mouth when I suppose you could say it didn't need to be opened. I haven't even listened to it yet. I need to watch it actually. The uh, the post media scrum where obviously he goes off on one, but obviously I've heard everything that happened afterwards where him and Ace Steel decide well, Ace Steel decides to bite Kenny Omega and him throw a allegedly, chair. Allegedly, we will say allegedly these allegedly. Are I mean, he's getting fired, so he must have done something. We've heard stories of the fact that Punk and Ace Steel started, but we've heard stories that the Young Bucks and Omega started. So again, this is all allegedly. We we don't know, nothing's come out yet. All we do know is is that there's been suspensions. Of A Steel, there's been suspensions of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. The titles and have been. Michael sorry, Makazawa and Pat And Buck. indeed, yes, and, and um, Christopher Daniels. Weird. We've, we've got the trio's titles dropped only a few days after the inaugural champions were, were made. CM Punk has had to drop the world title only a few months after, after only a few days after winning it back. The the official line out there is that CM Punk is injured and out for a number of months, which I'm sure would have been true anyway. But and again, we we have to say alleged. We we don't know, but it has been alleged out there on the internet, and not everything's true on the internet. But he has been suspended anyway, so of course the injury kind of coincides with that. But what a shit show. I mean, what a shit show with everything that's been going on lately, backstage politics. I mean, this is what happened in WCW, and there's enough comparisons and contrasts between AEW and WCW. And this is just another one, and all the connotations are so negative surrounding it. You know, Tony Khan doesn't need this. Wrestling doesn't need this. It's funny to look at from an outside, and it's almost interesting and exciting, if you can use that word from the outside. But we want two strong performing wrestling companies as fans. We want AEW to do well. We want WWE to do well. Because if both are doing well and bouncing off each other, it naturally improves each other's product. Surely, and I'll put this out to anyone out there that, you know, wants to talk about it between the four of us, this doesn't do AEW any favours. It's not very professional. It's not. um, I mean, we were all excited when AEW launched, you know, Kenny Omega... Cody Rhodes, you know, the Bucks, you know, how man on a page do we're starting a new wrestling company to change the game. We we really want to push the women's division. We want to change wrestling. We want to change the game. They got Tony Khan involved and you know, it was all positive. And now obviously uh, Cody Rhodes is now back in WWE because he couldn't get what he wanted with Tony Khan. It's been like Tony Khan's taken their Baby and their idea go well. No, I'm I'm the money guy. I'm the guy behind it. 
it's my way or the highway. And all these EVPs who think they've got power probably don't have as much power as they think they have because Tony Khan ultimately is in charge because he's the one who keeps the lights on and pays the bills. And, um, you know, in WWE, you know, like him or loathe him, and, you know, I know he's done a lot of things, but Vince McMahon in WWE was the boss. Whatever he said goes. Whereas with Tony Khan, he's like, he just listens to whoever who's popular at the time. And obviously he's a big fan of CM Punk. And CM Punk is obviously saying certain things in his ear. And he's listening to him rather than listening to Kenny Omega or the Bucks, And that's causing friction. And then that's coming on to TV. No, you're right. And, you know, it's, it's things that don't need to be done at the moment. You know, you, there's other issues going on. Adel, you, you've got reports of... You know, people, you know, stuff backstage, not sitting well with people and certainly their mental health. You know, it's been reported that Malachi Black has been released by, you know, he's asking for it and being granted it. There's, there's alleged mental health issues there as well. There's just a lot of negativity surrounding it and not when AEW need it as well, because especially when WWE is kind of back on the up, you know, yes, there's the negativity surrounding Vince McMahon but he's technically not involved with the company anymore so there's nothing specifically negative coming out of that situation for the company for the WWE that's now for the individual you know Triple H has taken over things are on the up storylines are getting better people are tuning in people are coming back we've had Braun Strowman you know and I'm sure I mentioned that but you know we're at Braun Strowman back this week, and you know, there'll no doubt be others following. You know, Bray Wyatt may come back. People thought he might have even been at Clash at the Castle. Um, so really, when AEW don't need this, it's all happening. But we'll see what happens. We've got new trios champions with Death Triangle. Who who do we think is walking away with the world title at Grand Slam? Who's who's getting to the final I mean, and winning? They've obviously going down the, the whole route of MJF and Moxley and their rivalry because obviously that's why he came back to face those old WWE guys and they had that promo. In regards to the whole, uh, they've obviously got the storyline that it could possibly be Moxley and Brian Danielson and have it come to the Blackpool Combat Club. I just don't see him giving to Moxley to become like a three-time world champion so soon. It just seems ridiculous. But um, when they're talking about obviously this troubles and tribulations that are going on backstage and need a leader in the locker room and everything it's jericho i'd give the title to jericho like literally you want somebody to lead that company now yeah he's he's probably been doing some of his best work with the jericho appreciation Society that he's done in a while like he's fighting his lion heart chris jericho at the moment he's having probably some of his best matches let alone promos that he's been having with the blackpool combat club it makes sense. And then he can go exactly what he did in WWE. I know it's not going to be in the same night, but he beat the Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. He could be like, I beat Brian Danielson and John Moxley to become the second time AEW world champion. I'm the best in the world. There's nothing that he can do about it. And then if they really wanted to, they can bring back the MJF and Chris Jericho rivalry that they had because that was a great rivalry too. But I know yeah. that Chris Jericho was face. But um, yeah, I think MJF, I would like him to hold it for a little bit. Like, not, because it is to kind of still a cash-in. You just have to cash it in for a match rather than at that moment in time. So he could hold it for a little bit, wait till Jericho loses it to somebody like Moxley, and then he cashes it in that way, because I can't see a heel v heel for it unless they turn the Jericho Appreciation Society face. But, yeah, especially with Daniel Garcia, who won the ROH mm. pure title as well. It looks like he's going to be leaving and joining 
the Blackpool Combat Club. So my who knows? My prediction of it. Yeah, my prediction. I I can certainly see that happening. I think Jericho's a good shout. I'll, I'm going to go different, though. I, I am going to go with Brian Danielson. I think he is going to go slightly different. He's going to give it to an ex-WWE guy again. Um, I think Danielson beats Hangman Page. Then Danielson beats Jericho. Because, like, Jericho and Moxley got, like, a bye, haven't they, to the semi-finals? They don't have to fight in the first round. Um, therefore, Brian beats Jericho in the semi-finals and gets his win back. So they're one-on-one from all out. But then Moxley beats the winner of Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. So you get an inter-faction match. You get Moxley versus Danielson in the final. And Brian Danielson wins. That's, that's the way you, I you would really know. Like Brian Danielson beat Hangman Page. <laughs> like that's next week. It's it's. Brian oh, Danielson. sorry. It was already. So, yes, yeah, that, sorry, was, yeah, that yeah. was on. Well, that there we go then. Yeah, he yeah. beat Hangman Page. So he beats he beats Jericho as far no, as I'm Jericho concerned in, week, in, yeah. in, in that match. In that match, to get his win back, and then Moxley. Um, Moxley. What well, have they already Moxley. recorded? Rampage. Don't tell. Uh, don't say anything because it's I, a I spoiler. Yeah, so. To be fair, I don't check so. Okay, we won't say who it is then because of time of recording, but uh, that that's how I do it. Dan, Joe, do you have any predictions? You don't have to go through the brackets if you don't want to. Just do you think it's going to walk away. Just give us a name for the world title. I think title. Brian Danielson. My, my show's Brian Danielson. Joe? Yeah, same. There we go. Let's and see. And he's for MJF as well, isn't it? So... How great was like his promo at the beginning, pretending to be faced like I missed you. I'm sorry, I said all this stuff kind of thing. <laughs> and then Moxley comes back. He, goes, it. <laughs> he just rips the shirt off. Goes Josh Allen is shit. <laughs> 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 I made it. Right. He, he had loads of WWE references in there talking about the game and the real car that he wants to work for. Exactly. He loves it. He loves it. Right. Shall we quiz it then to finish off this week? Go on then, Taryn. Stay bottom of the quiz. Come on, Joe. Hey, what? No, I'll win it. Who's doing the quiz this week? Is You're you doing the quiz. Hey? No. So, quick look at the leaderboard. Dan on 13. Me on 5. Jamie on 5. Joe on 3. So, I won't be staying bottom because I'm not bottom. So, there we go. So, then, boys and any any boys and girls and any... Anyone listening will play along. Excuse, please. Oh, dear. <laughs> we were that wrestling with you, Dan, on, on the weekend. That wrestling yeah. show. Quick there you go with your title. I recognise your face. <laughs> so, because we've just had Clash at the Castle, Clash in the City, I thought we have to keep it British-themed. So, this week, 10 questions on... Competitors in the main event of British WWE pay-per-views. I'm going to give you the main event from British WWE WWF pay-per-views, and I'll give you what the match was, and I'll give you one of the competitors or multiple if there was more than one. You just have to tell me who the missing competitor is. Okay. So Ooh. question one, just to keep it nice and easy, just to keep starters off going. Question one, SummerSlam 1992, the main event was for the Intercontinental Championship. Bret Hart defending against who? So your answer is who was he facing? Just to kick it off, nice and easy. I got a point. <laughs> Question two, one night only 1997, the main event was the European Championship. 
You have the British Bulldog defending against who? Who is he defending it against at one night only? 97. <laughs> Question three. Capital Carnage, 1998. We had a fatal four-way match where we had Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker versus Kane versus who? There you go, you see. Number four, the main event of No Mercy 1999 was for the WWF Championship. It was a triple threat match. Steve Austin defended the championship against Triple H and who in a triple threat match? Number five, Rebellion 1999. A steel cage match for the WWF Championship. Triple H defended the championship in a steel cage against who? That Jamie's googling all of the answers, all of them. I team doing it. It's definitely not going to be when I get them all wrong. <laughs> Number six, Insurrection 2000. The WWF Championship was defended in a triple threat match. The Rock defended the championship against Triple H and who? What was the year again? Insurrection 2000. Triple threat, WWE title, WWF title. The Rock defended against Triple H and who? Question seven, Rebellion 2001. Singles match for the WWF championship. Steve Austin defended against... Who might actually have that one? Yeah. <laughs> Invasion sort of time that one, isn't it? Number eight, Rebellion 2002. This was the WWE Championship on the line in a handicap match. The challenger Edge uh, faced the team of who? Brock Lesnar and who? So Brock Lesnar and somebody else teamed up to take on the Challenger Edge for Brock Lesnar's championship. Number nine, Insurrection 2002. No title on the line. This was just the main event. The Undertaker versus who? And last but not least, the last one of the last... I believe this was until Clash of the Castle, the last British event. Insurrection 2003, the World Heavyweight Championship was on the line in a street fight with Triple H defending the title against who? What year was that, 2003? That was 2003. Street fight, World Heavyweight Champion Triple H against who? Right, there we go then. That's your 10. Let's go for it. Number one, then. We'll start off with Joe. Who faced Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 92? That British Bulldog. Anybody any different? Nope. Give yourselves a point for the British Bulldog. I win. Right, Jamie. One night, only 97. The British Bulldog defended the European Championship against who? 
Owen Hart. Joe. Dealer Brown. Dan. Triple H. Shawn Michaels was the correct ah. answer. Me, you bit the real thing now. What? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Capital Carnage 98, question three. Steve Austin versus The Undertaker versus Kane versus... Big Show. Joe. Mankind. Jamie. I also went for Mankind. It was Mankind. Back to, Jay, uh, back to Joe. No Mercy 99. Question four. WWF Championship. Steve Austin defending against Triple H against who in a triple threat? Big Show. Dan. The Rock. Jamie. It's got to be Kane. It's got to be The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Question five, Jamie. Rebellion 99. A steel cage match for the WWF title. Triple H versus... The Undertaker, because <laughs> I went for Kane on the last one. Joe. Kane. Dan. Austin. It was The Rock. <laughs> for God's sake. Question six, Dan. Insurrection 2000, the WWF Championship defended in a triple threat. The Rock defending against Triple H and who? Big Show. Joe. Jericho. Jamie. Word to J. Word to J. <laughs> It was Shane McMahon. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, Joe. Rebellion 2001, question seven. The WWF title singles match. Steve Austin versus... Triple H. Jamie. Booker T. Dan. Kittagel. It was The Rock. I assume it was a rematch from WrestleMania 17. <laughs> Jamie, question eight, Rebellion 2002. The WWE Championship was defended in a handicap match. Brock Lesnar and who were defended against Edge? Paul Heyman. Joe. Randy Orton. Dan. Kurt Angle. It was the team of Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman versus (laughs) Edge. Who else would it be? Exactly. Who else would it be? It's got to be Kane. Dan. Dan, question nine. Insurrection 2002. No title on the line. The main event of The Undertaker versus who? Kane. Joe. Shane McMahon. Jamie. Triple H. Triple H is the answer. That's how we do it. (laughs) Google. (laughs) The last question. Question 10. We'll go to Joe. The World Heavyweight Championship was on the line in the last ever British match on pay-per-view, apart from a clash at the castle. In a street fight, Triple H defending against who? Batista. Dan. Shawn Michaels. And Jamie. I almost went for Batista as well, but I went for Randall instead. Ooh! One of you didn't get it right, because the answer is Kevin Nash. <laughs> Total of your scores. I've got one. I got the first one. I got two. I got four. (laughs) There we go. The point goes to Jamie. So it currently reads Dad on 13, Jamie on six, Taryn on five, and Joe on three. Dan, that's probably the worst one you've ever had. Well, yeah, because it was a crap quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Never doing it again. Whose turn is it? Is it your turn next week? Back to Dan. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show you how it's done. Back to Dan. 
Good, another point for me. Right, Dan, where can everybody find us on the socials? Yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're Grapplecast Show. You can give us a like, a rating, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. But we're also available on your social media, your Twitters, your Facebook, your Instagram. Again, make sure to give us a follow. We run polls, we put comments and such. Make sure to get involved. Fantastic. Well, thank you, everybody, again. As always, thank you for taking part, guys, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you for everybody that said hello on Saturday. Jamie, would you like to sign us off? Well, during this time, I would usually say a particular famous phrase, but unfortunately, due to current suspensions, I will now be changing it to say, we have been Grapplecast, and we're better than you, and you know it. ta guys. Bye! Bring it back! Bye.